And I remember I was talking with a trustee about how I was doing work in diversity and how I gave a speech at a conference. And um, he asked me what I gave my speech about. And I said, oh, socioeconomic like equity in boarding schools. And he started laughing kind of. Ooh. And it was just like a very different moment for me in which I'm like, you are rich and you come from a very back different background and I respect that and I want to hear from you. I want to um, learn from you. But at the same time, it doesn't feel like that feeling is mutual, you know? While being a student at a boarding school, it is easy to become isolated in a bubble where you feel as if you are the only one struggling. However, as you reach out, you realize that you could relate to the same struggle with other students who may have a different background from you. As I talk with Mercury and Evan, two juniors from the Loomis Chafee School, they talk about their experiences as students of color and some struggles that they have to go through. I'm Axel Ryan Inzi, and this is why. All right, great, awesome. So first question, what are your thoughts and your school's efforts in diversity and inclusion? Uh, that's a good question. I think there's a lot of different aspects of diversity and inclusion. There's um, diversity and inclusion for queer people. There's support resources for people who are trans and as well as POC. Um, I think that Loomis Chafee specifically does put in a lot of work to help a lot of these crisis, uh, a lot of these different diversity um, factors, but there are some I would still like to see growth in. Yeah, I think I've noticed over the past two years, ever since COVID has struck and the Black Lives Matter movement has really uh, taken a big step forward that our school has taken a bigger initiative in terms of diversity, equity, and inclusion. I'd say um, a lot more kids are attentive to that type of, to like, to equity and inclusion now we've taken a lot more efforts to like host school events and a lot more clubs are coming up around campus to kind of support students of color and it kind of encourage diversity as well yeah so with the clubs and getting financial aid it seems like a lot of it is self-orientated correct yeah so how exactly are you able to make your voices heard whether it's within your clubs or within your financial aid and make sure that you're represented as a student I think I I think asking for things, just going up and asking for things has been one of the biggest factors that has helped me um, because I've been able to do a lot of amazing things through my school just by asking for it. I was like, hey, can we go to this convention that I found online um, and they will pay for it and it will be like, oh, cool. Now I get to go. Um, but I think also that just by knowing who to ask and by know knowing like when or like how to, like just by knowing to like approach people and just make those connections has been one of the biggest factors for me to be able to feel supported yeah so i am half hispanic so i'm technically a student of color and i am part of the hispanic student club on campus called balante which means um i'm pretty sure it means to forward together and um, a big uh, that's been a, a pretty big part of my under, underclassmen years at Loomis because I've made a lot of friends through uh, Palante, and I, I'm pretty sure one of my first friends, his name's Sal. Shout out to Sal if you're watching this. 
But Sal was one of my first friends on campus I made through one of the first Zoom meetings online my freshman year through Palante, where we were all kind of getting to know each other and sharing our experience as Hispanic students on campus. And obviously I'd never been to campus before. So it felt really, it felt like an, a safe space to me to kind of be around kids who are kind of had my same experience. And that really kind of helped me acclimate to the school knowing that there's people with my similar background who were able to resonate with my experience and also help me give me kind of advice or experience about how I can navigate my own time at Loomis. Yeah, and with you being um, mixed ethnicities, how has that affected your experience and you being able to find your own identity at the school? Oh, good question. So I feel like I, I think with a lot of my peers, they'll really like they'll automatically just assume I'm white just based on the color of my skin, which I think it has been a pretty common uh, experience for me at Loomis. So I the past two years in the dorm, especially like I've always been considered a white kid. So it's always, I, I feel like DEI has, has had a small impact on my time at Loomis just because everyone has assumed I'm white until I've had to tell them otherwise. And so it's, it's kind of always popped up here and there about my, my background and my mixed race, ethnicity, mixed ethnicity, because a lot of my friends who are white automatically assume that I'm white as well. So they'll probably make some assumptions about my experience or my um, my background whenever we're hanging out or we're in the dorm or we're doing something. And I mean, there's always constant comments about, you know, oh, you're, you're white, right? Or, oh yeah, just cause you're white, this and that. Or it's a, lot, it's a lot of having to kind of correct people's narrative, I'd say some of the time, but it's really not anything like I've experienced anything in, in a negative connotation. Like I've never experienced any like really, really severe microaggressions because of the color of my skin or because of my background. And I feel like people at Loomis are also really um, flexible about that type of stuff. Like they're really open and welcoming regardless of your background or race, which has been nice. Yeah. And how would you describe the relationship between the more privileged students at your school compared to um, student of color, students of color and people in other minority groups at the school and how they um, relate to one another in a sense? I think um, I would say that in a classroom, I don't really feel as divided, but I think a lot of the times outside of the classroom is where I kind of feel more almost ostracized as a person um, from my background um, because a lot of the sports I my middle school didn't have I went to like a very different middle school um so coming in like I didn't really have like any athletic background and it was really hard for me to you know start sports or it was really hard for me to do a lot of things because I didn't have the background um that some of my more privileged uh, friends had the resources for um and I think generally they're is a sense of shock that just comes when I kind of discover my friends' backgrounds, because I remember I stayed at my friends for a head for like a long weekend, and I've never been to their house before. And when I got there, it was like a very big house, and I did not realize like what social background the person was from. So it was just like small moments like that that made me kind of feel like, oh, this is very different from like how I live. Yeah. And with your difference from other students, how do you feel like 
um, students who are more privileged could better support um, students with a much different background from them, for example, being a student of color or being on financial aid? Um, I would also like to hear your input on this, mm -hmm. but I think just being able to like acknowledge that more, um, it, not just in the classroom, but like in social conversations, because it does, it does like show itself sometimes, you know, when someone asks, oh, how did your winter break go? And then, you know, some people were like, oh, I went to Europe, I went to whatever country. And then you're just kind of sitting there like, you're like, oh, I stayed home. Like, there's not, there is like a sense of like divide there. And I don't think that other people who like went on those vacations would feel it. But like, if you were sitting there and you start comparing yourself, then that's when I think most of the divide comes through. Yeah. And I think for me as well, just putting my input on it, it's something like, as I feel like I notice it's kind of weird, especially for me, because I'm also on financial aid and just being a student of color and like being from the city. And then you hear like everybody's like, oh, I went here, I went there. And for me, like my first time outside of the country was this summer through a school opportunity. So, so I think it's definitely like something getting adjusted to. But I think one thing I also notice is that I feel like what's even worse is when I hear experience where people of color will walk into a room of like two white students talking about their experience. And then once they see that student of color, they immediately go silent. I feel like it's worse hiding it, hiding that the hiding what they're entitled to, in a sense, and but then again, I don't think that it should be something to be bragged about. So there's some median that has to be met somewhere. And for me, just like looking from the outside in, it's kind of hard to determine where that median will probably be. But I think just having the conversations is probably the biggest thing we could do and creating dialogue where people are able to listen to each other experience and not in a way is like, Oh, I do that. You do that. We're so much, we're so different, but it's just like, Oh, you do that. And just learning more about it. And with like some sense of ignorance or curiosity. Yeah. And I think also just in general, I think it's very weird. There are some, so for example, there are some school, uh, some sports at my school uh, well, you have to pay extra to, you know, a, like attend because they're off campus sports, whatever. And I've just found that financial aid doesn't cover that. So that it kind of just like divides it a little, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but I think, you know, also, I think the worst moment I've or like one of the biggest moments I've had regarding like my background being in clash with the backgrounds of what stereotypical boarding school experiences is going to a lunch um and I remember I was talking with a trustee about how I was doing work in diversity and how I gave a speech at a conference and um he asked me what I gave my speech about and I said oh socioeconomic like equity in boarding schools and he started laughing kind of Ooh. and it was just like a very 
different moment for me in which I'm like, you are rich and you come from a very back different background and I respect that and I want to hear from you. I want to um, learn from you. But at the same time, it doesn't feel like that feeling is mutual, you know? Yeah, definitely. I think especially with like somebody being a board trustees in such a high position, you have so much respect for them and then expecting the listening and event and it's not exactly received it kind of like makes you feel even more inferior and I think that's also one thing as well is that like sometimes a lot of people think that their actions don't do as much impact as they think they do and then when it happens they kind of just like brush it off and I think that causes the biggest problem is the things that people aren't talking about in a sense if you get what i'm saying yeah yeah definitely and how would you assess the efforts that faculty members have made in making you feel comfortable as a student i would say faculty members have done a really great job in trying to make me feel more at home at loomis especially um especially as a boarder, when you're living away from home, I think it's super crucial for you to have um, a support system of faculty and friends uh, that support you and want to make you feel like you're welcomed and you're at home. So I'd say for me, my advisor, Mr. Guevara, he was a, he's a, been a big part of making me feel at home because he's from El Salvador. So he's also um, a, a person of color. He's also Hispanic as well. So um, having him as my advisor, he is also someone who commonly who understands my experience a lot more than most faculty. So I feel like for me, what also helped with having faculty who supported me was also going out there into my, our campus and our community and finding faculty for myself that I knew that would that would help me and support me and, and make sure I was growing as a person and being academically challenged all while feeling comfortable on campus. So I think, um, yeah, the faculty at Loomis have done a, a really great job of helping um, kids on campus who are of mixed ethnicity or of people of color, um, making them feel more at home. They've done a great job doing that. Yeah, definitely. So with that, um, how, how do you think, what do you think is your position into helping people with your similar, new students of your similar background coming into Loomis? And how do you think that you could be in, in a sense, a mentor for them? Yeah, so I, um, so for background, I was a diversity board intern, um, last year, and I am the head of our queer association this year, and I think one thing, the biggest thing I've done is kind of reaching out to new students and advocating. You know, I introduce myself in over an email, and I'm like, hey, I'm Mercury. I'm, you know, I'm like, this, this, this. I've done this, this, this let me know if you have any questions, I'll advocate for you. And I think that's just been really helpful in terms of like, I reached out first and I've been able to like connect with new students and they know that I'm here to help them. Um, just as any other adult, just as any other like senior upperclassman faculty, like student. Um, and I'm there, I think that's been really helpful. When I came into boarding school, it was during COVID. And no one really got to meet me or like know me. And I never really got to know any of the faculty who like 
supported me now other than my own teachers so just being able to like reach out and giving new students the experience that I never had I think was probably one of the most helpful I don't how do I say this this is a this is a good question you've got me stumped a little bit but I think what I'm trying to say is that I think mixed race kids kind of like myself I want I'd want to help them understand that their identity is pretty unique and that maybe that if the color of your skin doesn't exactly reflect your your entire picture of your experience or background, you should try to find um, people who can empathize with you in terms of your background or your experience. So finding your group of friends who will support you and challenge you regardless of your background and also finding the support systems within the school, like the faculty you were talking about. So finding faculty support systems and also finding clubs like Palante or whether it be Multi-X or the Pan-Asian Student Society whatever it may be on campus to help you um, feel kind of more welcome and more at home, just finding those support systems would, and older students kind of like myself maybe, to, would also help you a lot in trying to, in trying to establish um, a solid base at school and feeling kind of at home, which is something I took a little bit of a long time to kind of develop. Yeah, definitely. And to wrap off today's interview, I'm going to ask a question I ask at the end of every episode. What's one question that you had coming into the interview that was answered? Or what's one question you had going into an in- interview that you still have now that wasn't answered? So if you still what have that one question. Sound like that was my, oh, that wow. was my question. Oh. You were like, it's so high pitch. And I was yeah. like, oh, I don't know. Oh, that's so that's your question about my, high, my voice? Yeah. Yeah. Um. Shoot. Puberty hit me pretty bad because um, I started it. So, okay, context. I started this last year during like December and my first episode I did it with my dad. And that was like, at, like ugh. that was like I've recorded at like 10 p.m. in the middle of the night and got that done and just like released. It. I was like, ah, screw it. Whatever happens, happens. And I just continued with it. But I don't think I think my voice started getting deeper, like beginning of my sophomore year. And then eventually it just started changing. And then this summer I went through through a summer program, um, the school near times. And it was at um, Fordham University. And one of my teachers, he listened to my old episodes and he was like, you sound extremely fake when you're reading and you everybody and it's so obvious you could read a script and he was like why don't you just like say it in your natural voice i'm like okay so like if you go to like my most recent ones i'm just like ah screw it i'm gonna just say it and there's like and you could tell like a clear difference of when i'm just talking and when i'm reading a script and when so when i started i was like ah high pitched or uh, really upbeat and i try to say it like this and try to have people feel like they're really important when they're talking to me. And then I'll just like, eh, I'm going to just start talking like that because I'm more comfortable with this voice. And it was weird for me to listen back to it because it was like, is that how I'm supposed to do it? And now I'm just slowly becoming comfortable with it. I'd say knowing you that you go to Hotchkiss, I'm wondering, you asked me the question about like, what, what does Loomis need to improve on? What do you think? Hotchkiss could do as well to kind of improve their DEI responsibility to students? I think definitely transparency is the biggest thing because 
um especially for um at Hotchkiss there's been like some questionable instances where students had to leave and and especially when it pertained to a student of color it was very controversial because people didn't know the full story and for what people know they knew that person was a really good person and then when you see like other further extreme in instances like drugs or sexual misconduct that obviously happened but took a little longer it was kind of hard to believe what the school was saying of why some other student had to be kicked out when for us it seems like it was for such a minor mistake so I think that's the biggest thing in like having the school not only be transparent about the the situations that are going on outside of the school, but also some of the things that are happening within the school that might be like be pushed under the rug. And I know that's a little bit difficult considering like keeping the privacy of that student and stuff like that. But I find out that a lot of the situations like students, it just everybody just knows there's no way you could like completely hide it in a big situation where some, a student has to leave. So, yeah, I think that's the biggest thing that Hoshis can improve on. Yeah, I think I, yeah, I have to agree with that. Loomis is, needs to kind of improve their transparency, I'd say as well, a little bit. Like kind of what you talked about with like students getting kicked out. Like there was, there was an instance like where the police had to get involved with some sort of bullying incident with an LGBTQ student on campus. And that was, they tried to keep it under wraps with the students. And a lot of people were kind of nervous because they, they felt like, maybe they were the next, the next victim, or maybe their friends was the, their friend was the person who was doing the bullying. So transparency was definitely, it's definitely kind of a key issue with these schools. There are extra burdens that as a student of color, you have to uphold. Whether it is participating in clubs or talking to the board of trustees, you are expected to perform at the highest level with little to no room for mistakes. This is the reality that I've had to settle with. Through talking with friends and mentors, I've also realized I'm not the only one who feels like this. I hope that these episodes can provide a place of solidarity for students, parents, and alums of not only boarding schools, but prestigious education as a whole. There is an untapped potential in all of these schools to support students of color, and the first step to getting there is to recognize it. There you have it. That concludes episode 9 of season 2. For all the people in the audience who are interested in running in cross-country, check out Evan's podcast, the Run Fast podcast, with him and his little brother, Miles. I'm also featured on one of the episodes, so make sure you go show that some love. Make sure to download this episode and subscribe to the podcast. This is available on all platforms, so share the link with people you know. Donate to support the show and join the email listing for episode notifications. Until then, stay safe and keep questioning.